What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. The full crew back with you for, I believe, the first time here in 2024. Scotty was out there working. He was out on the beach. Coach Steve and I were holding it down, but we are very happy to have him back because it is the official victory lap for Scotty and I this week. We have been calling this for three years. Scotty, to his credit, had the timeline laid out perfectly. Jose Mourinho fired from Roma. Coach Steve probably already did an emergency podcast for uh, Chiesa di Totti, but we are going to have him repeat his thoughts here today. And let's just get right into it, Coach. Immediate thoughts here on this firing. A little surprised by the timing um, because just a week ago there was talk of renewals and Mourinho wanting to stay. I do think losing the Derby in the Copa, uh, losing to Saudi yet again, and then losing to Milan in the way they did this weekend might have been the nail in the coffin. Um, Interesting timing, though, because they did have a three-match streak coming up against teams that are in, I think, 17th, 18th, and 20th place, not in that order. But in those three matches, that's who they're playing. They're playing Hellas, um, Salernitana, and who's the team that's down there? Empoli or somebody like that. So they're playing like those kind of teams back-to-back-to-back. Might have been a get-right spot for Roma, especially considering only five points off Champions League, which makes this interesting. But I think at the same time, it's the perfect time to bring in a a new manager, um, literally a new manager in this case, and Daniele De Rossi, club legend, who can maybe find his feet in an er easier stretch of matches. They also have a friendly against the Saudi Arabian side next week, I'd imagine, as part of their like sponsorship deal they have. So um, I don't like the travel part of it for players who are injured and tired, but could give him a, a good opportunity to tinker a bit and, and try some different things in, in a non-competitive, you know, kind of setting. Um, it, it's it's a mixed bag for Mourinho when you look at it from a Roma perspective. You know, I'm, I'm sure you, you'd be curious to see my thoughts on him. I wasn't sold on him coming back again next season, but I also wasn't like we need to fire him immediately because it is only a five-point gap and the schedule does ease up. I mean, Roma just went through a stretch where they played of the top – eight sides in the yeah. league they played six of them i think um five or six and you know they i think they had two draws a, a loss or rather three losses and a win something something like that something to that effect um and and that's really was the biggest issue of marino's tenure was not winning enough big matches quote unquote against bigger sides um you know there were some positives obviously a european trophy the first year probably should have been a, a european trophy last year if not for egregious refereeing in the final um anthony taylor was abysmal and, and Mourinho. I think was right to criticize him after that match. Scott's laughing, but I mean, if Anthony you, if Taylor you, is always abysmal, always that's abysmal, right? That's, right? that's if, all that he yeah. knows. He just if that penalty kick ref. is called, we're talking about Roma in the champions league this year as European, you know, Europa league champions um, changes the spending of the team. Maybe they build a new roster. Who, who knows how it changes things. I'm not going to play that. What if game, because you could do that all day long in a lot of different scenarios, but in terms of, you know, Europe, the work in Europe was really good. And I mean, that's what Mourinho's known for, right? He's won how many Champions League with other clubs? And now he's got a Conference League and almost another Europa League after he won one at United. Um, the stadium was always sold out. Um, and I have to say, for someone who kind of has a little bit of a reputation, I think at this point in his career, as being a little bit of a mercenary because he's bounced around a little bit later on in his career now. He always defended the club, um, seemed like he really you know, had a passion for Romo. So I'll give him that for sure. Um, 
you know, I, I think without him, Dybala doesn't come. I don't think Lukaku comes. I don't think Andika comes on a free. So there definitely were positives, but, you know, sometimes the negative started to, I think, wear on the ownership. I think maybe the biggest negative, even more than their table position right now, because yes, they are eighth or ninth, whatever it is at this point. But like I said, a five-point gap is not a lot. It's, I think, the the antics started to get old uh, on, on the freakings who are like a, a quiet, hmm. reserved ownership group, right? He's been in the stands maybe more than on the bench this season. I think that was maybe the bigger issue is, you know, he did air some of the grievances a lot of other people would love to have said, and I'm sure a lot of other managers in the past would have said about their clubs, but they don't have the clout to do it that Mourinho does, um, and maybe the leash that he had. But I I, I worry from a De Rossi standpoint, because he's my favorite player ever to wear the Roma colors, even more so than Totti, is he's a manager who's only ever managed as a, as a top, as a, as an actual manager at the set B level. And it wasn't a great spell with Spal last season. Um, you know, was the, the, an assistant on the Euro 2020 winning side for Italy under Mancini. So there's not a lot of managerial experience, not a lot of coaching experience, still just, I think 40 years old. Um, I do think the hire has a lot to do with public relations and cushioning the blow, I think, because, for all of Mourinho's faults in these last couple months, he still had a big support uh, among a lot of the fans. You know, I think a lot of Roma supporters would have taken him back if Roma could could have finished the season in a decent standing. I saw Roma lost like four hundred thousand Instagram followers or well, something like you, that you today. Know, as they as they're called the Mourinho sexuals, right? Like they <laughs> they flock to wherever Mourinho goes. They 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 literally will follow like they follow him more than we follow a club, which. To me, it's crazy because, like, we all have players we like, and if they move on from your club, you're probably going to follow them and wish them well and hope they do well as long as they're not playing your club. Like, these Mourinho people, like, they yeah. literally will die for that, man. Like, some of the some of the people we had start following Chiesa di Totti right after the hiring was was insane. Um, you could just yeah. see, like, that's all they are there for is, is him. Yeah. Um, a lot of cri- criticisms of the club and their lack of spending because Mourinho needs all these players and, other, you know. So uh, that part, I believe. But I do think – I think for the most part, Roma uh, fans in in the long run will be grateful for Mourinho's tenure. I think two and a half years, he did do some positives for the club, did bring through some youngsters that have become first team players. And and there there have been some positives. I think it's a mixed bag when you look at the the entirety of his tenure. Um, Obviously, he was brought in to to achieve more in terms of like getting to the the, the league standings, like finishing top four, getting to the, the Champions League, I think was always the goal when you bring in a, a manager of Mourinho status, but taking my talking points, coach. <laughs> I mean, you asked me to, no, no, no <laughs> that's fair. Listen, I think, I, you know, I'm going to go over this a few times in the last few years, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a breath here. And, and I do want Scotty's thoughts. Cause like I said, he had this timeline down to, to a T and Scott, man, I, w- I wish we had a little more time to powwow before the episode, because I know that we, recorded at some point before that stretch that coach talked about where we're like, Oh man, this is a brutal stretch for Roma over under how many points are we picking up over under is Marine. You're going to get fired. And I think we probably fucking nailed it. Um, but, but I do want to say to your point, Steve, just domestically. Right. So listen, I, I don't think you or I put as much stock into it as some of the fans do. Some of the owners do, but if you're talking about head to head with Lazio, who's your rival six, ma- uh, six matches, one win, one draw, four losses. That's not cutting it. You never finished above Lazio, right? In any of the three seasons. I mean, Roma hasn't in, I think, five or six years, but not all Mourinho's fault, but that's not a good look. No. 
And, and I think, um, you know, Milan, I don't think crashed, ever beat Milan. crashed out of the Coppa Italia every year in like super dramatic, awful, why did we even show up fashion? That's not a good look. And I think the most important thing that we've said on this podcast time in and time out is, you know, he never made Champions League. Like, what did you accomplish? You finished sixth and seventh or, or seventh and seventh. I, f- I always forget the, the exact position, but I know Juve got deducted points, so it, it throws me for a loop. So, yeah, you got a trophy, and I, I would never take that away from you guys. I would love to have that as a Lazio fan, but w- did he advance the program? And I don't think he did, and that that's kind of long been my argument. And, um, man, Scotty, did we get the fucking red card thing right again? I, I think three years in a row. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like... This was all too predictable. Yeah, it's. I'm afraid this is almost like a sell high time for buying in on the kicks and picks stock market because, yeah. like, we've been right on the nose with everything going on in Mourinho, and it's sad. Like, we've only ever known Coach Steve and Roma on this podcast as a, a Mourinho-led club, and uh, I feel like we're going to kind of lose some of our our topics and our, our fodder in that sense, but. Yeah, I mean, it, before we pat ourselves too hard on the back, like it, it's not hard to predict these timelines with Mourinho because he does it at every single club. Like, it's remarkable. When if you go back 20 years, you know, he, three years at Porto, followed by three years at Chelsea, three years at Inter Milan, three and a half years at Real Madrid, and three years again back at Chelsea, three years at United, three years at Tottenham, and now three seasons or so at, at Roma. Like, it's it just is his calling card. And it's the same thing. Like he goes in and if, if you have a good structure set up, he can, you know, get a lot of juice from the stone, so to speak. Like he can come in and, and maximize the returns from what you have, but he's not really going to leave you with a lot. And then when he leaves, um, you know, a lot of times I know coach, you mentioned he's brought in some of the youth players. I think that's a little atypical because a lot of times he brings in those old veteran guys, which he still did at Roma. Um, but then when he leaves, you know, he kind of leaves the the squad in a, in a, precarious position where it's very top heavy with veterans you know usually it's a little bit lackluster at the bottom with like upcoming youth I think United came in and I think they tried to replace him with Van Gaal I'm trying to remember what the whole timeline was but you know Van Gaal kind of came in and I know try to restructure United's youth ranks pretty quickly so I'll be curious to see where Roma goes I mean we we talk about a lot of times when we not just Roma but any club who has a, a manager on the hot seat you know we always say like yeah you can fire him but like who are you replacing with? And, and I know that Roma have a, an interim manager for now, but you know, like what's the direction, you know, what's, what's the long-term goal here? Like, is there, you know, probably not going to get a name bigger than Mourinho. Not that Mourinho was at the top of his game when he came to Roma, but it, you know, as far as getting a manager, that's going to attract players to Roma, you know, Roma don't have the biggest checkbook, so they're going to be up against it in that regards at the very least. Um, but it also has like a vision. Um, Cause I think, you know, more than anything, that's really what a club like Roma needs. You know, I, I think that you know, different leagues, but I think there are some similarities with like how Liverpool and Roma try to try to operate where like you need to have a long term vision. And that's why Klopp has worked so well with Liverpool. You know, obviously Liverpool have a lot of financial means. I'm not going to try to insinuate they don't, but you still if you're going to compete with the likes of City and, and Chelsea's and United's, like you need to have some form of long term vision because you can't just win with your checkbook. Um, and I think Roma really have to do something similar if they want to try to upset the balance of the Milan clubs of Juventus. And that's a super interesting point you you brought up, Scott, that I don't think anybody talks about enough. Like you said nine years for a Klopp now, or did I imagine you yeah, saying it's, that? It's, it but, is nine years now. But yeah. Like there's not a 
team on the planet that's doing that. Chelsea's not doing that. United's not doing that. I, I mean, City is now because they have while, arguably yeah. the best yeah. coach in the world, but they have unlimited resources. Um, yeah. Real Madrid is doing it. No other team on the planet, maybe outside of those three, has that, is able to say that. And that that's, continuity factor, right? Yeah. And um, that's really, you know, that's where I see both sides of this because, yeah, was he at the end of, of, his rope and did everything get a little bit of stale? Yes, that's true. You guys have heard me complain about Saudi for the same reasons in year three, but so much you could do with the players you have and the the financial situation that's in front of you. I mean, this Roma squad's not that great. I I think um, the surprising part for me is what you said, Steve, is that everybody's kind of so close and every team is letting each other off the hook. So, you know, are, are they just punting the season again? Kind of feels like they are. Uh, this is like a almost like a no win move for Dead Aussie. I mean, yeah, great for him, but is he going to be the coach next year? I don't think if we're going to take the team seriously to Scott's point. I, I think the whole thing with him too is like he's so attached to the club, very similar to what Ranieri did the last time. Who's at Roma, right? Like he's a, he's a soldier of the club, right? He'll he'll come in and do whatever the club asks for him. Is it sure. going to be good for him in the long term future? I don't know. I mean. Best case scenario, he has like new ideas, new tactics. Like from what I understand, he's still looking to play the back three. That's what he did at Spal in all his matches. But um, like to attack more through the middle, which I think suits Roma better than what we've seen from the wings. Because I mean, I don't know how many Roma matches you guys have watched, but anytime they they play those balls out wide, the attack dies because none of their their wing backs can whip in a, a decent cross to Lukaku. Um, so maybe if they play more through the middle, and you know Pellegrini and DiBala are linking up with him in a three four two one, like. Uh, the rumored formation is is saying for you know the upcoming matches maybe you can create a little more offense because Roma's defense wasn't that bad under Mourinho this season right um, you know they're they're right around the, the teams that are around them in the table it's just that their goal scoring numbers are very inflated by that seven goal you know touchdown they put on to Empoli early in the season so they, it kind of makes them look like they're scoring a lot better rate than clubs like Lazio yeah. and, and those clubs and and they're really not doing it in, in many of the matches that they need to. So I'm hoping that maybe he freshens up the attacking ideas a little bit. Um, you know, I think maybe he'll breathe a little life into the side because he is so passionate about the club. Like, you know, he he's a guy who lives and dies for Roma. Uh, and he's always been like that for Italy too. That's just his personality. So I think many of the players that are there already, like the Gianluca Mancini's of the world, will jive with that, just the way he, he jived with Mourinho because Mancini's a warrior-type player like that. Um, I think, I hope it will enliven Pellegrini a bit. Because he, no. he was the one who took the captain's armband from De Rossi because he needs a jolt, right? There's a lot of players who need a jolt. And and you're right. The Roma roster isn't that good. And when Chris Smalling went down and has been down for so long, he was, you know, arguably one of the top three center backs in Italy probably for the last four or five seasons. Like, he was playing really well under Mourinho. No. And even prior to Mourinho coming. Like, that was like a low-risk no. move when Roma made it. Low cost, low risk. And it turned into a, a masterclass for about five seasons for them until now he's got this nagging injury that he can't overcome. And then he started taking shtick from Mourinho in the pressers because he would compliment Mancini playing through injury the past month and, you know, say how other players don't have the same pain tolerance as Mancini does. And, and for all the shit Mourinho gets, dude, like I, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, a, like a, lot of what, a lot of what he says isn't that outlandish, right? It's just um, sometimes it gets a little tiresome, the complaining about the referees and stuff, but a lot yeah. of it is, it's valid. And that's why I don't fault him for a lot of the yeah. um, complaints he had. But can we get a red wise, card number on him? I just want to know if we went over in half the season or can we prorate it? <laughs> um, uh, I'd love to know where he's at with reds. But Steve, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off just as a thought. Like the one thing I think 
there are a couple things that Aussie has in his favor is what you said, right? His connection to the club. I think he's going to come in and command respect. Um, maybe in the same, right. Right. And same of the way that Mourinho does. Um, I I think if you look at the roster and I just pulled it up and I'm going to call out a couple people, I mean, there's players that are playing to prove something right up and down this roster. There's players who are playing for their next job potentially, right? You're talking about this kid Holson, right? He wants to prove that he can play, right? He's 18 years old, wants to prove that he could start, right? Smalling, I don't know his contract situation. I know he's hurt. If he is to come back, he's probably playing for another contract. Pellegrini is playing to show that he can start, right? And that he he still has it or whatever. Belotti is playing for his next contract. Llorente is probably playing to not go back to the championship in England. Um, Paredes always playing for his next contract. You know, Dybala is playing for his next contract. So it's like uh, um, Lukaku is playing for his next contract or his next team. Whether these guys want to stay with Roma or not, irrelevant. But, you know, these are players that have something to play for. Contract at the end of the season, right? So it's it's an interesting roster, man. It's definitely all over the place. But, I mean, to tell me that with this wake-up call, with everything that's in front of these guys, the fact that they're, you know, not in a in a cup anymore. I think maybe winning the the Europa League wherever they are right now that's probably gone out the window. I think with the form they're in and with Mourinho out. But um, to tell me they can't make a push for fourth, they're at least as good as Napoli. They're at least as good as Fiorentina. They're at least you know they're, they're in the conversation uh, I, I just with how bad those teams have been. Uh, health obviously with DiBala especially number one right and. You got to get through this stretch now without Indica because if Smalling's not going to be available, you're playing with an 18-year-old Hoisin as probably the third center back with Lorente and Mancini, who's been hobbled and and playing his ass off through those injuries. You haven't even noticed it on the pitch that he's injured, but you know clearly he's paying, playing through pain because Mourinho's mentioned it quite a few times. Um, they're going to have to hold up in the back, right? You're going to have to get a lot from Dybala and Lukaku, which which they they are very well capable of. Uh, I think with a little bit better tactics, I think Lukaku will shine even more because he'll get more of the ball to him. Because um, he started really hot for Roma when he first came over. Right? And he's still got plenty to, to give. Dybala's got plenty to give when he's healthy. Um, the midfield, you know, Paredes, he's he's divides people, right, They're on Roma Twitter. and um, But he's a player De Rossi knows well. You know, he started his career at Roma when De Rossi was there in the midfield together. Um, you know, Cristante is a guy that De Rossi complimented when he was there. So, he, you know, he's not going anywhere. And I think Eduardo Bove might be the one to take the next jump because he is like a young, younger version of De Rossi. Yeah, you know, he, he has shades of that young De Rossi. And I think De Rossi is going to love him. I think he's be a regular starter. He could be the guy that takes the next leap and maybe he becomes, you know, the, the next vice captain. Like, you know, apparently his ambitions are to be the captain after Pellegrini. So, I think there's enough players there with the ambitions that Roma can definitely challenge some of these other clubs. It's just they have to stay healthy. Um, they're probably going to have to find another center back in this window or at least survive until Indica comes back. And they got to get some pr- production from their wing backs, whatever that may be. So you guys might be better versed on this than I am. Mourinho's no longer the coach. Is he still getting paid? He gets paid through the end of the year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that sucks. That's going to cut into their transfer budget. Scotty, as the Mourinho expert, if you had to ballpark it, where's he going? What's his next job? I mean, I think he goes to a national team at this point. Um, Portugal, maybe? Because Portugal just hired um, Martinez, right? Um, yeah, I feel so like I he's super expendable, right? 
as I don't know. Not that they're going to do it before a World Cup. I don't think they are, but I mean, he's got to be expendable. Oh, yeah, so, the Euros or something. Euro right? Cup. I'm sorry. Yeah, Euro Euros, Cup is next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe he sits around and waits for that. That could be a possibility. Or, you know, maybe he takes. What about know, Brazil? I mean, uh, Ancelotti's not going. They just there, hired right? somebody, too. Did they they just hired Mourinho tactically Brazil, though. That's that's like an offense to football. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. That's just so wrong. So I, I hope not Brazil, but I don't know. It, I don't know which which national team it will be. I think you're right, Nick. It probably be something that happens after Euros because he's yep. getting paid anyways. I'm sure he's not, you know, itching to get back in. And honestly, from what it looked like, he actually looked to be a little upset that he was leaving Roma. Um, yeah. So he may no want a bit of a break. He may not be, you know, I think there's been times where he's been basically been calling to get fired because he's been sick of the situation and he's maybe stirring things up in, in uh, post-match press conferences just to kind of, get that extra attention. I don't think that was the case at Roma. So I could see him wanting a bit of a break and letting dust settle after Euros and yeah. seeing what national team opens up. I think that's probably his best move. No, I, I genuinely believe he enjoyed managing Roma and, and he wanted to continue. I, I do. Um, I, I think he enjoyed like the the way the fans embraced him that maybe they didn't at other clubs as things started to sour. They didn't turn on him so quickly as maybe the, the Spurs fans or some of those others may have turned on him. Um, the other possibility is obviously Saudi Arabia because they're going to throw a boatload of cash at him. One of those yeah. teams. It doesn't over seem there. like that project's going too well because there's yeah. a whole lot of players coming back six months later being yeah. like, we can't do this anymore, including yeah. Kareem Benzema, who was supposedly going to be the one most likely to adapt because of his, of his faith or whatever. But you know, we'll see. Man, I'm, I'm really trying to pull up how many red cards he's gotten, but can't seem to see it. Um, he does weirdly feel like a good fit in Serie A, though. So it's like, you know, I don't know what other clubs. Yeah, we listen, maybe a lot of his success is Lazio there. after Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> we can keep him. You in know, the family. I, <laughs> I wonder, I, I kind of wonder like how these teams would be different if, if we swap managers. I feel like uh, the personnel is like better suited. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. Um, in any case, coach, any last words before we move on to our picks? No, I was just trying to see if I could find the red card number. Um, well, coach, I got a question here. for you. We, we, I kind of touched upon it a little bit, but are there any names that you like to see floated about to be connected with Roma in the summer? So obviously for me, it all depends how things go with Derossi. I think if he does a good enough job to don't warrant another year. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that trap. Scott. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the perfect example of how you don't Well, I mean, I, I also look at a young manager like Chabi Alonso and what he's been able to do with, with fresh ideas at a club like Leverkusen. Like that, that's a pretty equivalent club to Rome, I think, in terms of stature and and where they are versus like a Bayern Munich of the world. But Alonso wasn't really like linked directly to Leverkusen. At no, any point. no, he, he wasn't was a club legend. No, he never played yeah. there. So it has to, I kind of agree with, I tend to agree with Scott. If, if but, you want somebody, I, Tiago Mota is the guy I'd want. On you know, if you ask me quickly, because he's a young up and coming manager guy. who's got yeah, yeah good, good ideas. But yeah. what I was saying on a cross the verse yesterday, like we were talking about possibilities before this all went down this morning, and it was like you know Antonio Conte is going to be linked, but he's going to cost he's going to be a similar situation to Mourinho, oh, right? No way. Um, Tiago Mota is going to be linked, but if you're Tiago Mota and you finish say fifth or sixth and you're in Europa League and Roma finishes Conference League or worse, do you want to go to Roma and leave Bologna? I, I I don't know. Like, how much more can Roma pay than Bologna to really attract you there? Um, you know, Deserbi's not leaving Brighton. I don't think anytime soon. At least not to go to like a lateral move, maybe at, at best right now. So it it's it's going to be interesting where they they go with it. Uh, to me, Mota would be the most intriguing name, though. So I I tend to agree with Scott that that is a trap. But I would say the same thing I said at the start of the episode. 
if you're not going to give somebody real deal time, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. you might as well hire one of these recycled proven managers and, and stay in the cycle and try for some short-term success and try to win a competition and we move on. But, um, you know, if you're going to stick with the Rossi, you, you can't fire him when you finish ninth next year. Right. No, like I, you you, gotta, have, you to. have to give them time. You, you have to. So, it, it, but our Roma fans, you know, not just Roma fans, but Roma fans think that they should be this great team that's in the Champions League every year. Well, you're not. You know I mean, what I that's think just reality. the problem is? I think just like people like me who started following the club in the mid-2000s, right? Juve was down in Serie B at the beginning, right? Or in trouble. Um, so they took them time to rebound. The, the, both Milan clubs went through banter errors when Juve did rebound. So then there's Roma, you know, winning a couple of Copa Italias in the late 2000s. Uh, finishing second quite a few times between, say, 2007 and 2018 or so, right? So, like, if if they, to me, they always felt like a bigger club than I now realize they are because they were in the Champions League every year because the Milan clubs were down. At some point, Juve was down. Napoli was here and there. Like, And, and to their credit, they were in the second round of the Champions League, third oh, round yeah, of the Champions League. Very, yeah. very rarely eliminated in the in the group stage, right? So they did do really well, you know, and this just makes you appreciate the work that Luciano Spalletti did when he was at Roma both spells. Because nobody else has been able to really replicate that outside of the run that EDF made, but that was off of a Spalletti season that they really built for that run, the Champions League, that they lost in the semifinals. I have one name for you. I don't know if this is attainable. What about the guy from uh, Girona, Michel? Don't really know much about him, honestly, or, or seen Girona play, but obviously their their record speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes. like, that's the kind of guy that I like someone in that with that type of track record, I think, is what realistically you would need at, at Roma. I, I, I kind of agree. I would say at this point, not again, not just to Roma, but specifically Roma. Coaches better be like 45 and under. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. give them the guys 48, make them young. They yeah. need to be able to relate to the players. It's a yeah. different era and they need time. Right. And. I think that's kind of the way because if you're looking at 50 plus there's five managers that are worth hiring, no matter what team you are outside of that, dude, you're, you're just kind of, you know, you're going through the same thing you went through with Mourinho. Yeah. And and, and we've seen this issue at Roma multiple times, right? Fonseca, two seasons, uh, EDF, two seasons, you know, Luis Enrique lasted not that long. Garcia, I think was two and a half seasons. I'm trying to think of all the guys that I've seen them go through Zeman for a season. Um, Montella, I think, was a seat. Like, you know, they, they've gone through so many managers in between those Spalletti spells that it's, it's crazy and you can't build anything. And I know now, especially with the financial pressures of not being in Champions League for like four seasons and all this FFP, like it puts even more pressure on the manager to have to succeed and succeed in quotes, like finishing top four so quickly because they need the money to buy players. And and that's yeah. that was part of the the catch-22 for Mourinho. Like you, you bring him in to qualify for Champions League, but look at the roster you've given him. Right. And it's not better than the Milan clubs or last year's Napoli or Juve. So it's it's certainly a difficult situation. If they're going to go with the Rossi pass this year, like if he does good enough to finish fifth or sixth or something, get back to Europa League or whatever it may be. And they say, let's stick with him. You're right. You have to give him some time. I think they have to work in a little more youth that's worthwhile and and make smarter purchases. I I think the way Sabatini used to buy players for Roma, right, because they do need a new DS. That's their first priority right now is to, to hire someone to buy, find the players. Um, because Pinto's done after February 3rd, is find someone who's going to find these young South American talents or look at Carvat Shelly at Napoli, right? These unknowns that can blossom for you. Roma did it so many times with Sabatini. I think Marquinhos and um, 
you know, um, Benatia. They they sold these guys for big bucks, and they just kept yep. cycling through players. And, and Salah, <laughs> Allison. Salah, yep, Allison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, shit, boys, I didn't know that we'd go thirty minutes on Mourinho, but I think it was for as much as we've talked about him for two years. I think it was warranted. Um, appreciate you, coach. You know your your perspective is obviously super important here. And Scotty, pats on the back to us. We were right. Um, you were right. Let's let's roll on to our picks. Uh, we, three, three, and three last week. We had nine in. Um, Scotty, I'll leave it up to you if you want to. I don't know if you recycled it or not. Um, yeah, I recycled your it. Arsenal pick. Oh, okay, perfect. So just. Uh, cruising along we like we said last week on the show if anybody listened you know we we've um we've been doing well there hasn't been that much club football since the start of the year to have shows and have episodes and discuss it but um we're we're feeling pretty good we're just under six units down on the season so the comeback is starting now scotty i'll let you kick it off with your first one yeah i mean uh i guess the good news is i haven't lost a pick in 2024 boom call it a silver lining. Um, but yeah, I re- I'll, I'll recycle one pick. Yeah. I, I submitted three picks last week. I was, Nick was right. Actually, oddly enough, I was sitting on a swim up pool bar with my phone trying to look at odds. And I saw a, a Saturday, seven thirty AM game with Arsenal. And I thought it was that, that Saturday, this Saturday. So I will recycle that pick to remind those who may not have listened last week without me on the pod, Arsenal money line and under three and a half at palace. Um, Arsenal money line under three and a half at Crystal Palace. Arsenal, yes, still having tumultuous time. Crystal Palace, they've been kind of an up and down team, more defensive known, which is why I like the under three and a half. But I think this is like a must win game for Arsenal. Um, really, like if they lose against Crystal Palace this week, it, it not only do they probably fall out of the top four with Spurs potentially replacing them, uh, it really puts up a lot of questions about Arteta. And, you know, with that fan base, you don't really want to get things going downhill um so i think it's a must-win game i like the under because arsenal have been struggling to score from their forward line pretty much last two months i'd say um and yeah like i said palace has been known for their defense when they do see success so i don't see this being a, a high scoring affair but i could see arsenal winning this 2-0 2-1 maybe all right so since we just talked all about it i'm gonna go straight to what i had down as my last pick it is roma and over one and a half parlayed against hellas Minus 115, new manager bounce at home against the relegation side. I expect a weight to be lifted off some of these players and Roma to take care of this at the Olympico against Hellas. I, I, I really think Roma would have bounced back in this match to begin with because it's just kind of, I think in some ways a weight lifted off their shoulders after the run they've had to go through. But now I think with De Rossi in charge, I think there's going to be a little bounce. Um, reports are that Dybala is aiming to be back for this one as well. I, I think they get two, um, get revenge for losing to Hellas early in the season on the road. And I agree. I mean, taking Roma out of the equation, you know, Hellas team of the pod for fading, right? Uh, they they went on a nice little run for like three games this year, but I think they've basically just decided they're selling all their players, right? I, I saw like two or three guys already on their way out. The the forwards going to Napoli. Um, seems to me like they're punting the season. So, I, I mean, always always good to fade Hellas. Um, all right. I got to take the soon-to-be league leaders, and that is Juve money line minus one forty at Lecce. Uh, played today, scored three goals, absolutely dominated Sassuolo, and uh, 
listen, they're the team of the pod. They're they're scoring left and right. Vlahovic is back to scoring. And uh oh, let that that your 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 best friend Vlahovic, Mister Overrated. <laughs> I listen two two goals today against Sassuolo, where I don't know if you saw them or not, but the goalkeeper might as well not have been wearing gloves or might have had cement in his shoes, but. He played hard. Uh, you know, listen, they they need him. He ne- he needs to live up to his contract. I'm not a fan, but he had a good game today. He's been on a decent run. He has played, if my memory serves me correctly, Salernitana twice, Frosinone twice, Roma, Sassuolo. So not the greatest opponents. I don't know how many goals he has in that span. But fact is, is that Juve is dominating these teams. And that's right. what we need them to do again. I think Lecce is turning back into Lecce. One thing I will caution, even since we started recording, this line is all over the place. This is Tuesday night. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Might be unplayable. I've seen it everywhere from minus 135 to minus 155. So definitely shop around. Um, if you get it in the minus 140 range, I think it's playable. If not, maybe you wait and take it live and hope that Juve don't score in the first 10 minutes like they have been doing. It's unfortunate that Rategi doesn't get to play the same teams as Vlahovic. No, he does. He's it's, oh, he does. How it's not it? as good. What do you, what do you want me to say? Okay, I'm just glad I, that I we're think on the same page finally. I don't think it's debatable. I just think Vlahovic is not living up to his contract. Okay. That's, no, that's that's just, my big point of difference. No, I'm just pointing out interesting things you've said. You said a lot of interesting things today, Nick. Kudos to you. That's um, what I do. Because I think you're so interesting, Nick. I know we have a pick that is similar. Um, so I'll, I'll tee you it up. Um, I'm taking AC Milan money line minus 120 at Udinese. I have a new rule. It's and that rule is going to be I'm always going to take the team that slays Mourinho in their following match. So M- Milan gets that like this it. time. Um, at first glance, the line seems a little too good to be true. Um, Udinese not exactly you know the strongest of, of sides, but I then remember that Udinese are king of the draws. They've got 12 draws in their 20 matches so far this season, so that is really what we're battling here. I think Milan have enough to get through. Um, I think they they can score with three against Roma, coach, something like that. Yeah, three. they can. They should be able to be able to do the similar against Udinese, and that would be well enough for a win. Um, so I'll take the money line. I'll take the risk minus 120 at Udinese. Yeah, let me let me jump you, Coach, for yeah, my pick because I also have a pick in this game, and that is along the same lines as Scotty. It's Milan team total over one and a half. It is at the same minus one twenty, and I agree with everything he said. Milan have been a fucking over wagon. Scotty will call them uh, chances FC. Chances FC. We did talk about this last week, but they um, have hit the over in nine out of ten games. There's been both teams to score. Similar situation, but the key here is they will want revenge against Udinese because Udinese's first win, their one of two wins this year, came against Milan. And I believe that was a one nothing game. So we will wa- ride this wave with Scotty. They are netting two goals. There is no doubt about it. Both of these picks, parlay them together if you get a great number, but uh, over one and a half at minus 120. Sounds like they're due. I mean, they're not because they've been scoring like three a game. Well, I'm just saying they're due against Udinese. They didn't score oh, yeah. a goal against oh, Udinese. Big time. Those goals are coming. Big time coming. All right. I'm going with Scotty's boys, Liverpool, in my uh, second lock of the week. Liverpool money at line the- at Bournemouth, minus 140. This is right around the, my cutoff line is about the, the 140 number. So 
Uh, the league leaders are winners of four straight and unbeaten in seven. Bournemouth has been better of late, but I'm not passing up this number on the league leaders. There's no way you could pass up uh, anything that's playable when you have a club like Liverpool playing a team like Bournemouth. I'm taking them at minus 140. No Mohamed Salah, though. Risky. I'll do it. I just hate that we're now relying on Liverpool to get us locks because that never ends well for me. Um, all right. Liverpool and Roma final. this week. For what yeah. it's worth. Love it. Um, third lock of the week for me. Third and final. Uh, I'm taking Sheffield United versus West Ham. Both teams to score. It's minus 135. So West Ham's defense has actually been pretty good lately. We, me, I'll say me, I used to make fun of West Ham a lot in the season because their defense just made the decision most games to not actually try to prevent goals. It was a very weird strategy. They just had no attempts to to stop the ball. They would just let passes. Wasn't there really both teams the to score in like 17 straight games or something like that? Yes. Or like 15, yes. They conceded a goal in run. every match for the first 16 matches, yep. I believe, in the Premier League. It was an unbelievable statistic. Um, but they have kind of turned it around. Uh, I think they've got uh, four clean sheets in their last uh, four Premier League matches. So a little bit of a hot streak there. At the same time, Sheffield United are sitting all the way at the bottom of the league. Um with a league worst 15 goals scored in just 20 matches. So kind of a confusing line of logic for someone that's taking both teams to score. The reason for that is because with all that said, I believe these lines should really be reversed. It should be uh, both teams to score. Yes. Uh, should be uh, plus 100 and no should be minus 135. Currently it's the other way around. If you think both teams are score, you got to pay the juice, which is what I'm doing at minus 135. And the only thing that tells me, that the books know something and they really, really, really want you to take both teams to score. No. So I have fallen for that trap every time this season. That's literally Nick and I have said it. It's like when the lines are too good to be true, you just got to take it because if it doesn't hit, you can live with it. I've taken it. I'm negative units as a result. So I'm reversing it. I'm going to take the line that I hate. It doesn't make sense, but I think it's just got to be the number you 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 take it at. It's it, it's got to happen. I guess Sheffield United's at home, so maybe that is the play here. Maybe Sheffield United can can get a goal at home and force West Ham to play out. But uh, it's a weird one for me. But I think this has to hit no, because it's just that, one of those absolute like trap lines from the books. Best logic and rant that I think I've heard in quite some time, and I'm almost going to take it a step further. And I like I will contemplate taking Sheffield United to score first because I think you're exactly right. Like this just tells me the books know something and they are so confident about it that they're going to just take these lines and just reverse them on you. So that is my, my play. If you, if you want to ride with me, please do. You're going to have to look the odds makers in the eyes and dare them uh, to, to go against you. And if you have the cojones to do it, I think you might get paid out. So Scotty, I'm going to say we have coach Steve backing Roma. We have coach Steve backing Liverpool. The only thing we need is for coach Steve to go coach worldwide. Well, it's happening because I'm going into the Bundesliga, one of my favorite places to go. Uh, I'm going Leverkusen, draw no bet at RB Leipzig, even money. Um, Leipzig slight favorite at home. I think the money line numbers were plus 135, plus 165. But Leverkusen remains unbeaten in the league and hasn't lost in 30 straight matches. Well, insane, insane run. Um, they avoided the holiday hangover last weekend with a slim one nothing win over Augsburg. Uh, Leipzig is coming off a one nothing loss to Frankfurt. I'll ride Leverkusen to stay unbeaten and just at the very worst, get me a push here. Yeah, good luck. 
That should be a hell of a game. I would say it if you have, match, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have the the means and the ability to watch it, man, that should be a fun one. Uh, you, you said it in your comments, but Leipzig's been very, very, very unpredictable. Um, love to see you walk out of here with some points. And uh, my last one, I am going to the Italian Super Cup. So this game is played on Thursday. Um, it's in Saudi Arabia. Inter is taking on Lazio. Lazio has looked good. But here's the thing. Inter wants silverware. They're already out of the Italian Cup. They have been cruising. They scored five goals last week, two in the first 10 minutes. And um, like I said, Lazio have also been hot, but this is good. This means for an open game. I believe Lazio have won five in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But Inter is first to score in their last six games. In this current matchup itself between these two teams, both teams have scored in seven out of eight. Lazio was out with is without a clean sheet in nine straight. Goal in the first half for Inter minus one thirty. They are absolutely dominating first halves. And in a week where there was what four Premier League games, five Serie A games, really not much. We we milked the value any which way we could to this point. I think getting a little bit creative and having Inter open up with a, a 45 minute goal. That's where I'm looking. All right. That brings us to the pod lock and we are going back to the Bundesliga. It is Stuttgart money line uh, at Bochum minus 115. Stuttgart's third in the table, uh, but with Leipzig and Dortmund nipping at their heels, they'll need a win at Bochum. Uh, after winning the reverse fixture five nothing early in the season, we like Stuttgart to get it done. Probably not by that number, but we do think they get it done. And minus one fifteen is a great number on them against a team that is just above the relegation zone. Yeah. One nothing pays out just the same. So yeah. I got sure no does. They want to roll that too. Hell yeah! So guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you guys think of this Mourinho firing. If you agree with us, if you have some other takes who you think might be next. Certainly let us know what plays you are riding with, or if you have some of your own, appreciate all of the interaction. Find us on favorite podcast, find us on YouTube, find us at happyhoursports.net. Find us on Patreon. Appreciate you all. Let's get a winning week and get back into plus units. Glad for the squad to be back. We'll catch you guys next week.